one more of the fruits of the Spirit, Lord willing. The fruit of long suffering and Joseph. You need to sit still and be good. Long-suffering is not what happens to you when you do wrong. That is not what long-suffering is. Though, how many times have you felt that you've had to suffer wrong because you did something wrong, and everything goes wrong, and you say it just takes a long time to get this thing solved, And uh, that is not long-suffering. But the fruit of the Spirit, 522, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified with the flesh, have crucified the flesh With the affections and lusts, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Now, as every time we look at the fruit of the Spirit, uh, and I hope you don't get tired of this, but I I do want to remind you, fruit has to grow. Uh, Fruit has to take time to ripen. Fruit is a special thing. And um, how many of you enjoy strawberries and peaches and apples and apricots and all of those wonderful things? And you think of your favorite fruit. And um, there are many wonderful things, but the thing that is common with all fruit is they need to ripen If they're going to be the best, they need to ripen on the tree on which they grow. And uh, so as we look at this, we come to a special one, long-suffering. And just before we get into the definition of long-suffering, we look at the list of the nine items here that are listed as the fruit of the Spirit Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Let me ask you, it almost seems like there is something missing, does it not? Patience. You know why patience is not on the list? Because long-suffering is actually patience at work. The definition of the word long-suffering is bearing provocation or trial with patience. Bearing provocation or trial with patience. And just so you know, that is from the Oxford English Dictionary. Uh, The idea here is bearing, caring, enduring, What are we enduring? Provocation. That is when someone provokes you. That's when someone tries to get you to do something that is wrong. A trial is a difficult time. It is when you are being put to the test. And long-suffering is when you go through these times of testing, this time of difficulty, and you don't get upset. 
You aren't pushing the panic button. Now, how many of you would like long-suffering in your life? Everybody would, wouldn't you? I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful that when the trial comes, when the test happens, when the pressure builds up, you're just calm, cool, and collected. You don't feel like blowing your stack. You're not ready to, to yell at somebody or test their, or give back to them what they have given to you. Long-suffering is a wonderful thing. If you could make an injection or inoculation of long-suffering, I think everybody in the world would be in line to get a shot. Uh, Because it just makes life more pleasant, does it not? I mean, when life gets unpleasant and you don't get upset, that's a good thing now, isn't it? I remember meeting a preacher one time, and he was the epitome of long-suffering. He was always just on top and happy. And, and I mean, things could be just absolutely miserable. And he had one of them big smiles just ear to ear. And he was just encouraging. And I was sitting at dinner at a restaurant with couple other preachers and this one I have in mind. And they said, brother, so-and-so, how do you stay so up all the time? And he looked over at the biggest, kindest smile on his face. He said, I lie. That's not long-suffering. Long-suffering is not pasting a smile over a frown. How many know the working definition of the word frustration? I saw this in an auto parts store. Uh, Not the greatest place to get definitions, but it says frustration is the feeling that you repress when you uh, desperately desire to beat the living daylights out of some poor slob that's asking for it. And uh, that is frustration. Long-suffering doesn't just put a Band-Aid over a boiling cauldron inside. That's dishonesty. Long-suffering is when everything around you is going crazy and the love, joy, and peace of God is reigning supreme in your soul. I don't know about you, but I like when others are long-suffering. How many of you like to be long-suffering? Long-suffering, it it defines itself. It is long, and it is suffering. That means you have to put up with the foolishness of others. Now, it's interesting, this word long-suffering in the Old Testament is found only four times and every time it is talking about what God is doing toward us. Now, many people have said over the years in counseling and dealing with difficult situations, but pastor, I'm not God. I can't do what God does. Uh, Yeah, but do not allow your humanity to be an excuse to repress or quench 
the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Patience is one of those things. It's like humility. Does anyone, don't raise your hand. Anyone here ever thought, you know, I think I'm finally getting this thing about humility. You lost it right there. Because the moment you think you're humble, you have ceased being humble. It just disappears. And patience is almost the same way. Because the moment you really think you've got to hold on patience, you start relying on yourself instead of the Holy Spirit of God, and that's the end of it. Patience, long-suffering, comes from God. You see, when I'm long-suffering with others, what I'm doing is, okay, here we go again. Just a little while, I'll hold my breath, bite my tongue, I'll be kind, and it'll all be over, and I can go home, and I'll vent with my wife, and she won't tell anybody what I say. That's not long-suffering. By the way, long-suffering doesn't remember, doesn't keep track of what it suffered with. Exodus 34, 6. And the Lord passed before him. Does anybody remember what this passage is from? Peter taught on it in Sunday school this morning. How did the Lord reveal himself to Moses? He showed his glory to Moses. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness in truth, as God is showing his glory to Moses, God makes sure and he puts that attribute in there. God is long-suffering. If he were not, we'd all be toast. How many preachers have preached messages? If I were God, I'd just rain fire and brimstone. Well... It's a good thing God didn't leave you in charge. Amen. It's a good thing God is long-suffering. It's part of who He is. Numbers 14, 18. The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth Generation. Psalm 86.15, But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. Jeremiah 15.15, O Lord, thou knowest. Remember me and visit me. Revenge me and my persecutors. Take me not away in thy long-suffering. I know that for, I, for thy sake I have suffered Rebuke. Here is Jeremiah talking to God. And he said, God, you are so long-suffering. You are so patient that I might not be around when you finish with your long-suffering. Now, let me tell you something. God, in his desire to forgive sins, will never allow you to suffer more than you're able. 
You see, Jeremiah thought that God's graciousness was going to be the end. He said, Lord, I've suffered much for thy sake. How many of you have ever read the book of Jeremiah? Uh, Was Jeremiah exaggerating when he said, I suffered much for thy sake? Hmm? Not in the least, my friend. Jeremiah's life was a dark, dismal life, accented by parts of extreme torture and suffering, all because he was a prophet and spoke in the name of the Lord. But let me tell you, even in God's long-suffering toward those that sin, he's not going to allow you, nor did he allow Jeremiah to succumb to the plans of those who were plotting against him. you got to remember, God is in charge. Amen? And this is every reference in the Old Testament. We've already looked at them. In the New Testament, we talk about God's long-suffering. And guess what? He picks up in the New Testament where he left off in the Old Testament. Romans 2, 4. Or despisedest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. The next time you get tired of God waiting to rain fire and brimstone down on certain said individuals, just remember how long it took you to hear the gospel and get saved. Aren't you glad God took some time with you? Well, then... Let him take time with others. Amen? And this will put a different perspective. Perspective. Romans 9.22 What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much long-suffering the vessels of wrath fitted to destruction? You ever wonder why people get away with it? You say, why doesn't God do something? But God is doing something. He is waiting until the perfect moment. And then he is going to show his wrath for those that have refused. Those that have trodden his long-suffering underfoot and counted it as something they expected from God. When we stand at that great white throne judgment... And watch those who are judged for their sins and cast into the lake of fire. I don't believe it's a coincidence that it's the next chapter where it says, He shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And I don't think they'll be weeping on the part of the redeemed only for those that you knew and loved in this life. There is going to be sadness in our heart for every person that is judged by God. Because we're going to see the unmitigated, undiluted, the full and complete wrath of Almighty God. Now you remember the tribulation period as we begin studying the book of Revelation. We'll get into that in several chapters and I don't know how many weeks it will take us to get there. But 
nearly three-quarters, somewhere between two-thirds and three-quarters of the world's population is going to die in less than seven years. And that's going to be nothing compared to what we will see on the edge of eternity future. Do not get impatient with God's patience. In fact, that's what long-suffering is. It's agreeing with God on His timetable. Amen? And uh, let me just read one more. 1 Peter 3.20 Which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a preparing... Wherein a few, that is eight souls, were saved. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And one more, 2 Peter 3.15, an account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. It is God's long-suffering that each soul that is saved gets saved. It is God's patience with us. I've heard different missionaries and different people saying, you don't have a right to hear the gospel twice until everyone has heard it once. Well, I'm not in the place of God. Some people hear it a thousand times before they repent. Other people in this world, we have no way of knowing whether they actually ever heard a clear presentation of the gospel. I'm not going to argue with God's long-suffering. But if he is willing to allow you to hear, Shouldn't we do everything in our power to allow others to hear? Instead of putting you on a guilt trip, amen? That's not what long-suffering is about. And I hope none of the missionaries do that during the conference this week. But the simple truth is, if you want the gospel to go forward as it to its greatest extent, it comes when you surrender to the long-suffering of God and do what He wants you to do with your life today. That is the key. It's not emotional, though emotions are involved in giving to missions. It's surrendering. It's letting God work that long-suffering in you to be obedient to His Word. Tell you what, you can't obey God without long-suffering. Why do you think Paul said, be not weary in well-doing? What's that? A lack of long-suffering. Right? It's where I want some remuneration for all the effort I've put in. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Where does patience come in? Long-suffering is patience at work. It is bearing the trouble with patience. Paul was talking to the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians, he gives this huge list of all of the things that God has done. 
And in the middle of that list, he says, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned. Ephesians 4.2, it says, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Does not not a wonderful verse. Colossians 1.11, strengthened with all might. How are we going to minister for God? Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. The reason they're listed together there is patience is what you have to have. Long-suffering is patience working. It's to those two things together with joyfulness, it says. Listen. Paul, as he's describing his ministry to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3, he says, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. And he goes on. Paul said, You look at my life and my ministry, long-suffering is a part of it. Sounds like somebody had the fruit of the Spirit working in his life, does it not? And of course, you look at the life of Paul, and yeah, we could pick out one event recorded in Scripture in particular, or Paul was a little short on long-suffering. A young man named John Mark had quit early, and he had not gone with them to the work. But in 2 Timothy, later in Paul's life, what does he do? He commends that very same young man. The man that had been long-suffering with Paul, who at first was Saul, a guy named Barnabas, got a hold of John Mark. And when Barnabas was done, John Mark was fit for the ministry. Just wasn't in Paul's timetable. But you know what? This is the end of Paul's life. He said, I think I got that thing straightened out. You know Why? Because the Holy Spirit developed it in Paul's life. It wasn't something Paul did. It was something God did in his life. Hence, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. You know, it's interesting. The first three, love, joy, and peace... They're kind of erythreal in the fact that love is so often understood by feelings and things. But real love demands action. Joy is just being happy. Peace. How many of you said, I, just, I could be a total peace if I just were all by myself? That's not what peace is. Peace is being calm in the middle of the storm. If I have love, joy, and peace, if these things are actually in my life, the natural result of those things is going to be the ability to endure others. In fact... You'll be able to give others, if you have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, 
you'll be willing to give others the same level of patience that you give yourself. Wouldn't that be a change? Amen? How many of us would say, Lord, I want to surrender to the work of the Holy Spirit to develop long-suffering in my life. Solve a lot of problems because you won't be solving them. Holy Spirit of God will. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the work that you desire. It says the fruit of the Spirit. This is something that you want the Holy Spirit to produce in our life. Lord, we ask that even though long-suffering, patience at work, patience is only the result of tribulation. Lord, we're not asking for you to give us tribulation for the sake of tribulation. What we're asking for is that the Holy Spirit would develop this fruit in our lives. We ask for your guidance and direction. In Jesus' name we pray. And before we finish that prayer, just give you a moment to add to it on your own. And ask God to prepare our hearts for the prayer time to follow.